You know, we care about every aspect of each other's lives. Like, I know if I was in any issue, I could call any of you guys and you'd be right there, and so would I. That's true. And I also know that if you fucking up, I can tell you you fucking up. And still have a beer after. And I also know that I can talk shit to you all day and it will make a fucking difference. It will make shit better, you know? Well, I mean, like, we... You're the, you're the emergency contact in my phone. <laughs> <laughs> That's scary. <laughs> You are listening to Pan Kong Podcast. This is an episode of firsts. Real sweet, huh? An episode of firsts. For one thing, first time we have candles and a tablecloth <laughs> involved. Uh, I don't know uh, how that decision was made, but I know. Who are we? Where that, are we? Uh, I mean, I think that maybe some of the, the team at Ariette realized who the guest was and decided this was a special enough occasion. Right. Definitely had the to queen. pick it up. Yeah. I the queen herself. I think that's herself. how that happened. The queen reborn. <laughs> the queen reborn. Yeah, it's been a week. Rose from the ashes. Uh, I am joined, as usual, by uh, eighth grade basketball MVP and award-winning Elvis impersonating Santa Claus, Michael Beltran. Our guest today is... Chef Ashley Moncada. Uh, she will be. Got it right. Pronunciation. Yeah. Well, you know, that's it's one thing Miami's good for. Uh, the queen, also known as the queen of the oh, chip buddy. The chip buddy. The chip buddy. Uh, that's right. And uh, I guess current, right? Not even future. Current, it, for all practical purposes, right? Uh, executive chef at Laurel, which if you uh, listen to this podcast, you've heard plenty of lately. So that's. My introduction, that's where I step all the way out and let you enjoy your candle-lit monopolios. <laughs> Ash, what's up? What's up, Chef? No, Hi. not much. I'm great. Now that I have a Negroni, I feel much better. Good. Let's tell everyone the story of how you got here. You don't like the story? I like the story. What do you mean? What do you, what do you mean, <laughs> what do I mean? Like, you know, like uh, I interviewed Georgia first, your wife, and Georgia was great, a gem. I remember Brittany... Uh, interviewed her first. She was like, I want you to meet this person. This person's great. I said, cool. I interviewed Georgia and then that interview went great. And then at the end there, she was like, you know, also, I can't, I can't do the accent. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, my wife, she's a chef and she's looking for a job. I go, well, I mean, we had like three cooks at that time. because Barely. The, barely. Right. <laughs> it was the week before we reopened, right? Yep. So then Ashley comes in and she does the tasting she essentially did, uh, what was it, three courses or four courses with... Five. Oh, just with butter. Right. But of, of let's say you did four courses, three of which had butter sauces or butter. Boys. And then her dessert was a cheese course, which all were very good. And then I remember when you started, um, you know, I mean, Ashley's a, a small human. I mean, you're like five foot. and In stature. In, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. I remember watching when I was w working at Expo. Ashley was at the Garmo station, and you could see her look down the line and judge everybody. And I just, I'm looking at her, I'm like, man, this one's got a little bit of a dog in her, and I like that. <laughs> and so I don't remember how exactly you jumped to saute, but you quickly pushed Because they couldn't cook the foie. Because they couldn't cook the foie. And I fixed it. Wow. Damn, that's some shit. I remember that now, too. And then you push your way down the line, and you worked saute. Way past Garmo. Way past Garmo. Yeah. And I think you worked saute for, what, a year and a half? 
something like that. A year and a half. I hired you two years ago for this job. Mm-hmm. And... It was going to happen in eight months. Right. <laughs> and here we are. Here 24 we are. later. <laughs> I think that's cool, though. It's amazing. I think that that's fine. I, um, I think they... You know, hiring you for that job, you pretty much snatching the executive sous chef role, like, you know, I don't think it was ever like a conversation. It was just like, all right, cool. This is yours now. You're just going to do this now, pretty much. And um, you really like taking the bull by the horns. And then we lived this like very beautiful time of two years of talking about what if Michelin came, talking about like, how do we make this food better? two years of our life. I would agree. Talking about how we make this food better. Talking about how we... Wow, que bicho, bro. This is great. Just so everyone at home knows, Nick has actually approached the right, table. Person, He's right. definitely backhand serving me uh, water and pouring Chef Ashley and myself both water. This has actually never happened, I don't think. It's has it? Yeah, I mean, Thank you. Been more That's fair. It's more of a hint at that point. Yeah. Rather than service. So we... Um, you know, two years ago, I thought I think we reopened with really solid food, and I think our food took like several turns and curves. And I think we've lived pretty static with the structure of this menu now for like a year. Yeah. Right. Tell me how you felt from two years ago to now. Let's not even talk about the fact that you were hired as the executive chef of a restaurant that was essentially a sandbox two years ago because it was. I'll take it. I was working on a farm, so you know. That yeah, you were working on a farm. Um, to like now I mean it changed everything for all of us and like even if Michelin didn't come that's what we always strived for um, that's just how we worked and the team here is the greatest team I've ever worked with for sure same um, just the way me you and Chef Manny have like manifested how we want people to be and the family and the camaraderie you know like it's different here. I think it's interesting you bring up Chef Manny. Obviously, Chef Manny's been on the show. Mm-hmm. Chef Manny makes plenty of cameos on the show. Uh, right? It's like a cameo. Um, what I found really interesting about the... And I, it, you could correct me if I'm wrong, but I said it over the last 18 months a lot. We're living a very interesting time because this is the best group of people that you guys are going to ever work with. And not because of, like, the most talent. Listen, we took Rafa from a smoothie cook to now work in the grill station. Smoothie king. Yeah, smoothie king to that. I think it was, like, a group of people and humans that really cared about each other and cared about stuff. Mm -hmm. And then what I really loved to see in that whole process was, like, the working relationship between you and Manny. Like, you and I are very similar. And Manny is the complete opposite. Super similar. Right, which is scary for other people. Which is like, we are super off the cuff. We fucking, you know, we'll come up with a dish. We'll put it on a menu tomorrow. We won't test a ton. We'll test some. And we'll just kind of like let it ride. Mm-hmm. Manny is the complete opposite. And I think that the the two of you working together really pushed him to a place. But I think it also pushed you to a place too, yeah, right? Yeah, for sure. What was we my balance co- each other out very well. Huh? He balances us up. Oh, yeah. I mean, dad. We call him dad. Um... Because we can be aggressive sometimes. Yeah, we can be super aggressive. <laughs> and we can be off-putting for a ton of people, and that's cool. But I think like his, I mean, Manny is stru- more structured than you and I. Manny, uh, I would think, is a little more thoughtful and like less risk-taking. 
which, you know, when you have people that are pretty much jumping out of planes every day with food, it's like, yeah, we're cool. This sounds great. Let's do There he is! Cameo! We were just talking about you. Dad! Yeah. Thanks to our sponsor, Aganorsa Leaf Cigars. Aganorsa Leaf is renowned throughout the world for its signature flavor that possesses all the great attributes of Nicaraguan terroir, along with classic Cuban aroma and flavor. Aganorsa Leaf is pleased to announce a brand new edition of Guardian of the Farm, Cerberus, named after the mythical three-headed hound that stood watch at the gates of Hades. This exciting new Nicaraguan puro uses 100% Aganorsa leaf tobacco and is wrapped in Aganorsa's new Corojo 2012 cover leaf, which adds a level of complexity to the blend, adding light spice and a rich, smooth body to the blend. When you smoke one of our world-class blends, you will experience the difference between ordinary tobacco and Aganorsa leaf. That's why we say our leaf is our strength. Learn more about Aganorsa Leaf and use their store locator and find a cigar shop near you that carries their products at www.aganorsaleaf.com. The two of us smoke Aganorsa Leaf cigars often. We also offer them to a lot of our guests, like, for example, Dave Arvello, who every time I post a picture of a, a Cerberus mentions to me in my DMs or in a text how cool the band is, which it actually is a pretty slick-looking band. Um, but also... I just want to note a little personal anecdote here so it's not all totally straight up red. I can say that uh, Michael Beltran will absolutely not only vouch for the quality of Aganorsa cigars, yeah. but you met a uh, Miami legend and handed him an Aganorsa cigar. I did meet uh, uh, a Miami legend. I was smoking nearby Alonzo Morning, and we had a conversation about cigars, and he handed me one of his, and I went inside. I bought this exact same cigar, and I handed Alonzo Morning. This Aganorsa cigar, and I said, try this. Thank me later. I mean, if that's not an endorsement, I don't know what is. Aganorsaleaf.com. Introducing the newest line from Jura State Cigars. 20 Acre Farm is a complex, refined, and medium body cigar with a super oaky and cedary notes accompanied by a whisper of white pepper and a bright hint of citrus. Built at La Gran Fabrica, Drew Estate in Nicaragua using a velvety, and I mean velvety, Ecuadorian Connecticut shade grown wrapper. Under that wrapper is a sun-grown Habano binder and a filler blend of Nicaraguan tobaccos from Esteli and Jalapa in perfect balance with the opulent and majestic Florida sun-grown leaf. Florida sun-grown is also the name of the farm where that tobacco is lovingly grown and harvested by Jeff Borshoix, who's the guy you see in this video playing behind us. Uh, on his pristine 20-acre plot of land near the central Florida town of Claremont. I have actually been to that farm, along with plenty of other cigar tobacco farms in Mexico, Central America, and the Dominican Republic. And what Jeff, who, by the way, is a very nice guy, there's actually a cigar box signed by Jeff hanging on my wall. Uh, what Jeff is doing there is super legit. Uh, so it's always cool to see products like his, which is the only premium cigar tobacco grown in Florida, um, in products from a company like Drew Estate. Plus, 20 Acre Farm being a Drew Estate product means it's the creation of master blender and Pancom podcast guest, Willie Herrera. Support our guests and sponsors. Get it online, 
Ask your local cigar shop about 20 Acre Farm by Drew Estate. Learn more about Drew Estate and use their store locator to find a cigar shop near you that carries their products at DrewEstate.com. That's right. I'm probably going to smoke one of those right now. I, what are we waiting for? Yeah, we were talking about the wonderful work relationship of the three of us. Yeah, but really talking about like the balance, right? It's like me and Ashley are willing to get food and jump out of a plane and be like, yeah, we'll serve it like this. And the man is like, no, 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 wait, 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 wait. You got to think about this again. But I think that especially the relationship that the two of you had work-wise push you both to be a lot different in a lot of ways mm-hmm. and better in a lot of ways. You know, and I, 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 I loved watching all of that because, you know. We've I, had a lot of conversations about like, like, we can't do this in service. We can't cook a whole chicken to order. We can't cook a Wellington in an oven that oh, the door blows off. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, the Roberta? Yes, the Roberta, hey, that for a $600 oven, that shit fucks super hard. That shit is dope. It's the best oven we had. But how many times did we say that something wasn't actually going to work and it fucking worked? I mean, the orange. Everything. Remember, we did the orange for a tasting, which was not a tasting dish. And the I first mean, time it, you painted him in the freezer. Yeah. Oh, man, it was fucking. <laughs> and third and fourth. Yeah, I mean, it was fucking cold in there. I remember the fucking gun would get frozen. <laughs> I would have to go outside and defrost myself and the gun. No, look how easy it is. Yeah, well, thank Yeah, you're all welcome. You all saw me suffer no, in the freezer. you're welcome. Yeah. yeah. I just think it's been an interesting journey to watch, right? Rafa from a smoothie cook that I remember the first time I called a burger to Rafa, and I said, SOS. And he says, what does that mean? And I said, <laughs> What? Just for the people at home, that means sauce on the side, just to be very clear. It's in the kitchen thesaurus. I think it goes back to like the fact that the last two years we've seen a lot of growth from everybody, right? Alessandro's 21-year-old And those cook. are the guys that stayed. We the had people a lo- that like came and went that thought they were something, you know? How did you feel about that, people who came and went? I mean, a lot I of people- I feel great about it. Good for them. I mean, I remember, I think the biggest push point for Ashley ever was- when someone that she was close to on the team or at one time was close to wasn't really fitting the bill food wise. And I said, you know what? You got to fire them. I'm, I know I can fire them, mm-hmm. but can you fire them? I can. And she did absolutely without a doubt. And we've seen a lot of that like progress. And I think just like growth. I mean, you're 28 now. You start when you're 26. Yep. Manny, how old are you? No, you're not. You, Manny's been 32 for the last four years. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a, a fucking really tough age to grow up and, you know, essentially be a part, a huge part of a team that wins a star. Yeah. You know, and like, we can carry that shit forever now. So the story didn't start for you, obviously, two years ago. And I know you've traveled a ton. So let's give them the skinny. Let's give them your whole... I want to talk about from like, we babe... <laughs> We, babe, all the way to now the executive chef of Laurel. Um, I mean, I've always been, like, very sports-minded. So, like, sport was my entire life, which is why I think I love the kitchen. Where were you born? <laughs> Birmingham. Okay. All right. Not Alabama. Home of the Chip Boys. Okay. Yeah, the Chip Buddies. And then just the whole thing. Give them the whole thing. When you started cooking, why you wanted to start cooking. I started cooking at college or university for the English listeners. Right, we got a lot of those. Yeah. No. <laughs> um, I was doing law, studying law, 
You were studying law? I was studying law. Well, you didn't I, know that? No, I, I definitely yeah. like a man. Yeah, I definitely didn't know that either. Started cooking for Georgia. Mm. She's like, you're pretty good at this. I'm like, I mean, all right. You know. Um, and then we wanted to travel. Can't travel doing law. So I got to Australia. Told the kitchen I'd already worked in a bunch of kitchens. It was a lie. Of course. <laughs> How else do you get in the door? You know, was pretty good at it, so they believed me. And then from there, we moved around the world for eight years. Worked in France for a little while, in New Zealand, uh, Barbados. Came to America. Worked in North Carolina. So wait, it was Paris. It was the Alps, the Alps. French Alps. Oh, that's right. I remember that picture you showed me. Uh, Australia. New Zealand. New Zealand, Barbados. Mm-hmm. Back, which, back which, to England. Back to England. Which one there did you like the most to cook in? Out of them? Yeah. Australia. Yeah, you've mentioned that. I mean, France for the produce, of course. Like, we used to go to the market every week and get fresh whatever we needed for the week to create menus for a private dinner for guests that were, like, hiking in the Alps or whatever. So that was amazing in terms of produce. But in terms of like the job and the and the cooking, Australia was was my favorite for sure. Until Ariat. And wh- what did you? Where did you learn? I think like because we both are pretty heavy-handed. Where did you learn that the most? Do you think? That was just me. Yeah, that doesn't <laughs> shock me either. That was just me. Yeah, I remember your whole thing when you started here was like, I really want to open a restaurant and just call it Butter. And I'm like, okay. The Butter Bar. Yeah, the Butter Bar. That's right. I mean, I mean that comes from like England though. From from my granddad, like he would give you a piece of bread, and it would be, be like forty percent, no, sixty percent butter and like forty percent bread. You know, just yeah. like thick, cold slices, like intense chip sandwich chip layered sandwich. in butter. And then from where, where were you right before you moved to North Carolina? In England. In England, for how long? Yeah, waiting for George's green card. And then moved to North Carolina. And you were there and you worked where there? At Rebob. Oh, Chef John right. Fleer. How did you like good. that? It was good. It was different. It was very like, I mean, Asheville's pretty quirky. Um, it's very country. Like, I like it a lot there, but like, the bars close at two, you know? Right. I mean, you have an hour to drink outside of work. Which is not really our <laughs> Doesn't suit me. Yeah. It was good. Like, they had a lot of good produce also, and it was very seasonal. Um, But not really my style. Not European at all. Not French at all. You know? Just a little more like down south. I mean, their heavy is different than our heavy. Yeah. And it's still delicious. It is. I mean, I like their, I like the food that they do out there. It's just, it's just very different. It's just different. It's different to what I'm used to. And then you moved to Florida. It was a job that you were going to take. You didn't take it. Or you didn't, it wasn't there. Uh, you took it. And then it, when you got here, it wasn't here. Yep. I moved here March 17th, 2019? No, 2020. 2020. And the whole of Miami shut down on March 18th. 20, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, area closed March 20th. I was in a hotel. And they called up to the room like, yo, you've got to get out. We get in a car, go up to North Florida and work on a farm for three months. And then Georgia applied for the job at Nave, and we came back down. 
So when you got here, what was your initial thought when you started working here? I mean, I just needed a job. <laughs> so there was no like initial reaction when you started working here at all? Obviously, like I liked you because you're an asshole. Right. Thanks. You're welcome. It's not a bad thing. <laughs> no, I don't it's think it's a bad thing either. Um, I liked I liked the team. I liked the food, obviously, the vibe, like. It was very me. In the first six months step from when we reopened, that was like the hardest six months. We started doing the tasting menus. Yep. Me, you, and Chef Manny sitting sitting in the commissary till three o'clock in the morning. Or more. Making family meals. <laughs> yeah. And then like those six months, we were still like under heavy restriction, right? We only had like- Yeah, right what? before the first tasting menu, we lost three people. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it was something like three or four people, maybe two or three. I don't remember. But we did that first tasting. It was a f We did 12 courses. At least. Full we did 12 entrees. 12 entrees, <laughs> right? 12 entrees. I mean, that was the first time we did a tasting that wasn't like New Year's Eve ever mm -hmm. in our history at that time. And I think, you know, our food when we reopened was kind of very simplistic and compared to where we are right now because like sure. we weren't kind of sure what was going to happen in the world like the burger was still on the menu you know we had that really interesting chicken dish which i still like um i couldn't believe that i walked into a, a restaurant in miami that had a volivant oh yeah i really love that dish you know so. that's on like every like funeral buffet in england is it <laughs> yeah <laughs> volivants sausage rolls like all of that shit <laughs> I was I mean, like, anything with pa anything with pastry, I super love. I mean, we're doing a volvant at Laurel. Yeah, I'm cool with that. <laughs> and then I, I don't remember the pies. And then the pies. I don't remember at that point. Like, um, I don't know, six, eight months in, we just kind of said fuck it, and we we're gonna go like super ham to the wall. I don't know if we were super busy or we were really slow. Do you? We remember? were super busy. The restaurant, on the <laughs> I don't know. Well, I mean, we only had four cooks at that time, including both of y'all. So it was like, um, I, I if I remember I correctly. Remember, I remember working the line with just me and like one other cook and running around to like do charcuterie on the other side. Oh, man, that's right. That was a really good idea by me. Um. Awesome. <laughs> it was like my second week. I'm like, what the fuck is this? I mean, it, it was in theory, it was a good idea. What was interesting about the whole tasting experience, the Versos thing, was, I mean, you remember, we were sitting in the office, and I was like, I have this, hear me out. I got Classic. this. I got this idea, and this idea was, let's just do a fucking tasting menu one one night a month. Remember? And you Why were like. Why don't we do two? That was two months later. <laughs> I, That's what we agreed to, just one. Right. Eight and seven months straight. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Well, what I meant by one was one for the month. And then. I mean, remember I posted. I said, you we know, need we're to clarify these things, right? I know. know. Sorry, <laughs> I don't. I don't think that far ahead. And then I was like, um, we have, we have forty tickets. Remember, we were sitting in the office, we come up with this whole menu. I thought the first menu was great; it was just too big. But um, we sold out all forty tickets in like an hour. I thought it was a great night. It was. It was a push, hard push, hard push. Remember the squad, the squab, Pativier. 
jackfruit carpaccio. The orange wasn't yet. The Ariette egg the was there. Month. And then the second month, also sold out in a day. That's when we did the painting on the table. Oof. The painting on the table. What a You're weird... You're welcome for the house. What a weird idea by me. But it, I mean, it was pretty dope. It was dope. The whole Remember the whole progression? The whole progression of that was you walk in, table set with linen. We had the... I forgot what that like film was that we had that on... Plastic. Yeah, on the table. And then after the second or third course, we would pull that off. That, yeah. the, that also had the table side cocktail right before it. While they were setting the table, they were distracting them with the, the table side cocktail. Wild. Set the whole table. We had that fucking thing in the middle with the uh, dry ice on the inside that we would pour the orange essence or like water warm water into it and it would like flow over i felt i felt like it was one of the better presentations but i the dish obviously needed work mm-hmm. right like it needed i mean that's i i could only imagine to really nail down what was it like 14 different components on that shit yeah. the oyster the, the paint, thing the sun. The, i mean it would take months to nail that down two days if that if that <laughs> yeah but we pulled it off i mean we did that we did that we did that thing two tastings in a row. Mm-hmm. So I think we did the tasting six months. And then the last, well, the, the last, last one, one the last one was New Year's Eve. And let's not oh, talk I don't even want to talk let's about that. About I don't want to talk about that New Year's Eve at all. Zero talk about that New it's Year's Eve. It's a nice Eve. suit, though, That was a nice suit. Oh, man, my suit was killer. <laughs> yeah, it's the only time I ever wore that suit. <laughs> yeah, because it's hot as shit. Yeah, I know, but it looked good. Come on. All, all <laughs> sweat. <laughs> You crazy? That should look good. <laughs> um, but think about how many dishes were born out of those tastings that we could actually we could run back. I mean, Squad Pathivia is still. Th- I remember we did the little uh, foot with the crepinette on it, and then we ran out of feet, so we did the head. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, we did the head. And Andrew was like, "Am I eating on a squab's head?" I'm like, "Yep, absolutely, you are." It's awesome. People ate it though. People came. They had a great time, and I, I think that really springboarded us into the fact that we could do that every night and now we sell a good amount of tastings every night manny's favorite was the the sardine tin oh man i that shit was beautiful though it was was a beautiful dish that's just not your bag don't i mean it's not my fault that you don't like any seafood at all whatsoever monkfish liver mousse that shit was good aggressive i know monkfish liver mousse he was a cush he's like that was my favorite dish (laughs) i mean it was i mean it was a beautiful dish the the bonito with the caramel and the foie with the I love that dish, loved it. I don't know. I just think I I look at the last two years. I think that those six months. I mean, we did eighty four dishes in six months, plus our regular menu stuff. No, I counted. It was eighty four, and it was eighty four different dishes. We only repeated maybe one or two every month, and I I think that really paved the way for. I mean, we were the only one doing a tasting at that time. And the, I think about the team. I mean, how many people came out of that better? Leslie, Rafa. I don't think we discovered Kevin in that time. Oh, I interviewed Kevin after we That's did right. all he the tastings. That's right, he came in a suit. Came in a suit. suit. Mm-hmm. I was like, you're hired. So I, I guess... Little bunny. Little bunny, yeah. <laughs> I think now that you're going to... Now you're detaching yourself from a team that you're very close to, even though you're taking a couple with you. I mean, what do you think is going to be the hardest thing to 
I wouldn't say mimic because every chef has their own personality and thing that they want to do to kind of recreate. Like this place has got a huge organic soul to it. Mm -hmm. This is what I've always loved about this space specifically. It's got like a huge organic soul. It has a massive feeling. It's massive. Like it. It encapsulates you. You never want to leave. Like I've told you forever. Like this, I feel most comfortable I mean, in this just, space. Just before I was leaving for Laurel, I messaged you. I sent you a picture of Harriet. Like I don't want to leave this place. Hmm. It's hard to leave. It is. This is the longest job. <laughs> Man, you it's the longest say. job I've ever had. Yeah, me too. By like, <laughs> by like a year and a half. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, longest I was ever somewhere. Like Miami feels like home to me now, but like this is why. Like, Harriet's my home. You feel like you're going to be able to get that somewhere else? Yeah. Tell me With why. the people I have around me? I think so. Do you feel like what's more important in building a team? Talent or team? Team. Team. What does team, what does team mean to you? I mean, it's, it's exactly what we've created here. It's, you know, we care about every aspect of each other's lives. Like, I know if I was in any issue... I could call any of you guys and you'd be right there and so would I. That's true. And I also know that if you fucking up, I can tell you you fucking up. And still have a beer after. And I also know that I can talk shit to you all day and it won't make a fucking difference. It'll make shit better, you know? Well, I mean, like, we... You're the, you're the emergency contact in my phone. <laughs> <laughs> that's scary, right? Because maybe we would be together and that's part of the problem. That's the main problem. <laughs> yeah. You know, I... I um. I refer to us all the time as like we're we're a pirate ship. We're just like a refined version of a pirate ship, right? It's like there's and when a, we need to go, we can go. But like, yeah, majority of the time, we're pirates. Yeah, and that's cool with me, and I love that. And I, I think that the the team camaraderie. I think when people come to stars here, they're like, like this is weird. Like we're expecting some like snooty Foo- like foofy, yeah. seventeen tweezers, fucking big hats, and like whatever fuck and. We're in t-shirts and we're listening to Sade. <laughs> Sade, <laughs> man. Yeah. Listen to Sade Prep Day. I love that. Just, just like random shit like that you wouldn't expect from the type of thing you would expect from Michelin Star Restaurant. But when it comes down to it, we're great at what we do and we hold each other accountable. Well, I've, I, I've also said it forever. Like, why do we wear t-shirts? Why do I wear a t-shirt everywhere? Why, when we went to uh, California, I told him it was against my religion to wear a t-shirt, uh, a chef jacket. Because... You don't need that to be great. No, you don't. You don't need that. You need the people around you. And the you people that think that are the ones that usually aren't. usually don't make it. Yeah, the people around Especially you. People that have come to work with us. Well, the people that come to work with us that don't have that same thought process are the ones that don't usually make it. Yeah. And then they think that the grass is greener on the other side, right, Manny? How many times does that happen? Grass is green on the other side. I'm going to go work for Thomas Keller. I'm going to be a sous chef. Or I'm going to go do this and I'm going to be that. I'm going to be. And then, you know, you kind of look back and you're like, man, I fucked up. Yeah. And I think that was one of the one of the greatly, at least between us and now all the 22 people that listen to this. Vindicating things about winning a star with the people that are here. And you remember is that those people believed in us. Right, they didn't think that the grass was greener somewhere else. They believed in the food that we were doing, the whole thing. They believed in both of you. They believed in the space. Remember when uh, we were on our way to California to do the event at the CIA, mm-hmm. 
um, when the information dropped. I already had a premonition that this was going to happen. So I had been talking about it for months. And when we got back, the first thing we did was we sat with the team and said, look, you know, we're going to, we're going to really like, I, th- I thought we were already there. And I said that, like, we're not going to change anything, but do you guys feel like we need more people? And what did everyone say? No, we're good. good. We're going to ride out together. And that was pretty much how it worked. You know, I think we hired Kevin and that was pretty much it. He was already there at that point, I think. Was he? Right. So, I, I don't know, like that. But at the at, end of the day, it was the people that had your back, you know, and the people that you already trusted. So to bring someone new into the mix at that point is. It's really the attitude, though. Yeah. Like the attitude you bring to the table. Like, and I don't mean attitude is like telling someone to go fuck themselves, even though, yes. But it's more the attitude of like, this is the team. This is the family that's going to do a thing that's going to be special. And I don't really want new people because well, we just need another pair of hands. We'd rather just put hands on it ourselves. And, you know, a lot of that comes from the both of you guys. You know, and, and now, you know, like, Manny's, you're leaving Manny behind. I'll never leave Manny behind. <laughs> and you're taking on, like, a new thing. It's, I, I mean, I won't say that there's pressure because you've lived the pressure already, like, a, a very solid amount but it's it's a new set of challenges a lot of pressure for sure that you know pressure is for sure going to be there right but it's already that it it comes with the job right it comes Mm -hmm. with the title like the pressure is not new like uh, taking the job two years ago to now it doesn't change the fact that when you walked into the job for sure the pressure wasn't going to change but maybe you're more prepared for the pressure now than you were two years ago a thousand percent right because we've dealt with monumental pressure the last two years. Not just of like Michelin implications, like COVID Everything. was a thing. Staff was a thing. Business was a thing. I mean, now we're busy all the time. But before it was like, no, not, we're not like that. No. No. So I would say if there was one thing you were very excited for now, what would it be? To win another Michelin star. Mm. Talk about pressure. Putting pressure. No pressure. Do you feel more pressure? I like I honestly, since we want to start, I feel less pressure. Because we at least have a blueprint, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, we know what it takes now. What does it take? It takes a team. Mm-hmm. It takes a lot of hard work. Mm-hmm. It takes some of these. Right. One point and that isn't a granny. Yeah. <laughs> Takes recovering the next day. There it is. Consistency is key. You nailed it. Consistency. And the only way to build consistency is if you have a team around you to do it. Mm-hmm. Because they got to care about the small details as much as you do. But I think we're good at building that. Yeah. I mean, we are good at building that. I mean, I think when I walk into kitchens that are unsuccessful, that's the number one thing that I see. Is that there's no teamwork for... Yeah. And people are always looking elsewhere, you know? Like our team is is not looking anywhere. I would there's nowhere else I would work in Miami. Same. I'm just saying. Like I know this. I can't I know I can't go work anywhere else, but I'm just saying, me neither. There's literally nowhere else I would work in Miami. Well, you know, what's interesting is I was talking to I was interviewing that person earlier and 
you know, I was just mentioning some of the people on our team, you know, two years, Annie's two and a half years, Danny's 10,000 years, <laughs> you know, like Geo's six years. I mean, Brittany's already been here for three years, mm-hmm. Georgia two years also, like it's long stints for people with big jobs and the big In jobs. In the restaurant is, industry? Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, how many, how many resumes do we look at that it's like six weeks here and six weeks there? That was my resume before I started here. Yeah. I mean, but you were also going from like country to country. I mean, it doesn't. I don't think it really matches the same. Some of these kids that are local here and they just go from restaurant to restaurant. They're not really soaking roots anywhere, right? I think it's pretty fucked up. And you know, I, and me too, because like before I started, yeah, I worked for Norman for a few years here. I worked for Michael for a few years there, but I jumped around a lot. But I think it all had to do with the fact that that building of teamwork and stuff, it, it's not an old school ideology. Like no. old school, like they're just gonna bury you, and if you fucking make they'll it, they'll rip you apart. They will rip you apart, and if and if you don't make it, you and don't we have make. that, but like it's different. It's different, right? Again, I talked about this earlier today. It's like the two of you, the five of them up there. Like I will hold them accountable for sure. I'll dig into them, but after service, we'll talk about what happened. How did I fail? But you'll also back them every one, time. One thousand percent. A thousand percent. I will always back all of our people. But I don't know how many chefs you guys have worked for, but I haven't worked for many that would just back me all the time, blindly. No. And that's like one of the biggest parts parts of this company, right? Like you backed me, you backed him. Oh, yeah. We backed the Smoothie King. <laughs> you know? my One of my junior sous chefs is 21 years old and super I- talented. I got his back 100%. And we back him. Well, you know, and I had this conversation earlier today too. It's like, it's the conversation between experience. Like, I mean, you're 28. Is there young. Another, yeah, you're young. Is there another chef that's like 35, 38, 39 that probably has like 20 years experience that could probably, has probably done a bunch of shit and that could probably say that they want to be the executive chef of Laurel? Sure. I don't want that. At all whatsoever, because I don't really think that that matters that much. Like I know, I know what you're made of. I know what he's made of. You guys know what I'm made of. You know what they're all made of. That's really what creates a team. And like we really trust each other here. You know, like that's like the biggest thing for me. Like you trust me. Hundred percent. You trust him. Like you've never trusted anyone else in this company. When we go to, we're, we're going to open Laurel in eight weeks. You know, like that's, yeah, I mean, it's soon. Eight weeks is soon. I've I've never felt, and I, I don't mean this in a condescending or arrogant way. I've never felt so confident. The reason why I've never felt so I confident agree. is because you and the two people you're taking have been working here for two years, give or take or whatever. I got us another round, even though I'm not done. Let's go, chef. Come on. <laughs> Okay, relax. Okay. It it's been a long Pick day. It up. Yeah, just drop them. It's fine. Yeah, we'll be okay. It's just I don't want you to make so many trips. That's really the whole thing. I'm, th- I'm thinking about you. That's what it is. What a nice guy. I try my best. Chef Michael Beltran, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> the, I mean, the, the trust and, and the like understanding of food ideology is like huge. I understand your thought process of food, right? We somewhat argue about this all the time. <clears throat> We don't argue, but we just differ. Just, just hear him out. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't. I mean, I hear him out all the time. He's got amazing ideas. 
I you don't want to do the the costumes, no? Oh man, do you get no. no, stop that. Okay. What are they called? The, I know we can we can edit this shit out, but the, hey, the, the shit, hey, yeah, but the seal <laughs> seal team seal team six with the steak, right at Rain or wherever this fuck. Where is this restaurant? The, yeah, this is uh, Rain in uh, in Dubai. It's oh, well, that checks out. Yeah, yeah. I'm a big fan of the stormtrooper situation, though. There you go, stormtroopers. Yeah, yeah. And then you go outside to change people's tires. Yeah, I mean, just let's go backwards. Is really to understand, like, I know, like, your direction of food. I know his direction of food. What did I tell you last week when we sat down? Like, now what you have to understand is it's your direction of food. Mm -hmm. So when other people have ideas, it's not that you want to, like, down them. But we have we have been talking about this for two plus years. Me longer than you. Right. Let's say three. You for two. We have this ideology. And it's not that you want to hurt people's feelings. Mm. I mean, you don't you don't. Like, you know, you I don't, don't. Want, you don't want to hurt Alessandro's feelings. Alessandro never. Right. But that dish is not the dish that we want to do. No. Right. And I think that's really like the break point of like being Maybe an executive sous chef to an executive chef is like, yeah. It's the I same mean, thing that we talked about earlier. It's like when you have to fire someone that you're close to. It's the same. It's exactly the same thing. You have to I make, actually think you it's have wor- to make decisions. I actually think it's it's harder for me to tell someone that I don't want to do their dish as a part to firing them. Because then that? me telling them I don't want to do their dish is like they have put forth the effort, the thought. They've thought about it. I mean, if they're cooks the way that we're cooks, like they've probably thought about it thought about it endlessly for days days nights. hours tried it several different times the whole thing <laughs> not slept not slept and like to tell them no is a lot different than telling someone like you haven't done your job you're fired yeah because at that point that person doesn't care correct and the other person cares a lot and it's how it's how you say it and it's how you execute that, like, okay, maybe this isn't good, but, like, maybe if you did this thing and still them still empowered them with something else mm-hmm. that they could take ownership you did that for. that very well either. I do my best. I do my best. I'm super well trained. Your best is pretty good. I, you know, maybe you do this other thing that you are super talented in that I know that would be beneficial to the whole team. You know, let, let the grown-ups do the grown-up th- stuff. You know what I'm saying? And you can still help with that stuff and you can still like, but you you got to let them grow. And that's the harder part, I think. So what do you think about our menu so far? I think it's great. Tell me why. It's simple. It's classic. It's food that people haven't eaten here that don't eat here, which is our favorite thing to do is push people out of outside of what they haven't eaten here before. Do you think it has holes? For sure. Every menu has holes. If that menu had a hole, what would you say it was? Probably a vegetarian dish, like all of well, our menus. <laughs> okay, let's not think about vegetarians. Let's not go there first. If there were other holes, what would they be? I mean, for me, it doesn't have many holes. It has. I think. I think we need another strong protein dish. Mm-hmm. Meat, because we have solid seafood, for sure. So, what's like a very 
Do you think there's a crowd pleaser on that on that menu? There's a lot of crowd pleasers for me, but where, but again, where, you we're talking about sub, the diner. You have to subtract yourself, Manny. What's the crowd pleaser on Ariad's menu? I think in appetizers, we're missing a crowd pleaser. Mm. I just want to jump in and say that uh, Manny, since he doesn't have a microphone, called out the short rib and the farmer. Yeah. Give that, man, the a, give that will, man a mic. The farmer will never be <laughs> no, the farmer will, close will, to that menu. No, no, no. It's not a farmer menu. There's, I, no, I, there's no tweezers. When, when, you, when you think about like an appetizer that's a crowd pleaser, what do you think? Jalapeno poppers. I actually ate that for lunch today. <laughs> I had jalapeno poppers and Dale wings for lunch today. <laughs> we have that though. Yeah, Manny's saying that we we need a French onion soup. We do. We, we will when it, we will. What do you mean? We it's an will? entree and it's a pasta. Is it? It is on our menu. Manny's being. <laughs> This, he's being so manny like right now. He's like trying you, but not trying he's trying you. Trying to fuck with me. I know it. I know it. <laughs> well, you, so you don't like the French onion soup idea? I tried No, I mean I agree with that dish, but I'm talking about like the the idea in essence, which is tortellini and brodo in the flavors of French onion soup. Why? Hmm. Curveball. What do you think? <laughs> I agree. Oh, yeah? Why? I think so. I don't know. I just don't like doing a take on something that's great. You think French onion soup is great? When it's done right. Mm. But I don't know if we're going to do a French onion soup. I mean... But I also like the dish, so... Well, you like the original dish? Or you like no. the, di- the dish that it morphed into? No, the original. Right. But Which is just tortellini and brodo was like the original dish. But like, don't you think that if you do a French onion, like, how do you how do you class up a French onion soup? Seven an onion. In an onion? Chicken. Take it easy, Ron. <laughs> Take it easy, Ron. I don't, I, don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with the classic. All right, Cypress Room, chill out. Of course we did. I'm just at, like maybe because I have. PTSD. I mean, I've heard it's very Cypress Room esque. So. What the French onion soup? No, Laurel. Fuck. Laurel's menu fucks Cyber's Room's menu up. Awesome. I'm totally public in saying that. I give zero fucks. All three of our menus fuck Cyber's Room's menu up. We can, you can quote me on that. No, it. Well, I'm saying, I say three, like the three menus that are the most similar to Cyber's, which are Ariette, Gibson, and Laurel. But I mean, I, I I'm really interested in the French onion soup conversation because I I am I'm super intrigued because we've had I've I've thought about this for a full year right mm-hmm. is like do we have do we want to have a classic soup on that menu I mean Miami is not a soup culture place no right so what's what's the other thought process behind it which is give them something that they're gonna order which is a pasta dish and still make it elegant refined balanced and like not overwhelmingly heavy because like in in that place with all the other stuff that's going to be super intense super light. butter forward the whole menu is butter forward i mean if you put a consomme on the menu 
It'll clean it up some. That's the thought process behind it. And like, I'm just coming from the Cypress Room space that I did that fucking French onion soup for three years. I mean, it, it, what's the point of clarifying a consomme just to put it in stewed onions that were stewed in butter? No, I mean, at Cyprus, we did the clarified consomme, and then we put it in, like, butter stewed onions with a poached egg, which doesn't make any sense, because it's just going to dilute mm-hmm. and turn cloudy automatically. But also, French onion soup, for me, was the first time I stepped foot in a kitchen. I told you about this. I was, like, 12 years old. There was a small, it was called Three French Hens, small, um, it was, like, a crepe place that did salads and French onion soup, savory crepes, and sweet crepes. And the French lady that owned it, I was obsessed with her French onion soup. Obsessed. So I went in there and worked for a day. So my love for French onion soup goes way back. So what I'm saying is bring that then. I mean, that's the whole thing, right? It's like I like bring bring that to the table instead of just... I mean, I'm, I'm definitely okay with consomme version, right? That's going to clean and that's not going to be like diluted once you put the consomme into it. If you if you think that there's like a French onion soup that belongs on that menu, that's like a classic French onion soup that really has the density that belongs on there. It's when, just serving it is the issue. What do you mean? Like it's messy. It's French onion soup. I mean, a good amount of our... I mean, we're talking about doing bone marrow on croute. We're talking about doing like volavant of escargot. I mean, not that it's messy, but it's... I mean, it's rich. It's like it's out there. Would it not match all of that? It would match it. So why not just fucking do it? Let's do it. I mean, I'm, you're not fighting me on it. I'm, I'm fighting you <laughs> on it. I, I, am I not? I'm fighting. So we doing Virginia soup? I mean, if it's good enough, yeah. It's great. I haven't tried it yet, so I don't know. First on. First <laughs> All right, Jalen Wall, take it easy. <laughs> all right, take it easy. I, I mean. What's the other thing that's made our kitchen super strong? Ariette Kitchen? Yeah. I don't know. Creation through collaboration. For sure. Right. That's the whole basis to make a menu great. Creation through collaboration. There's plenty of times that I come up with, I think I come up with great ideas, and Manny's like, no, bro. That's just not going to work. Well, why not? Well, because of X, Y, and Z, I'm like, well, that and makes I'm a lot like, of yeah, sense. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> <That> makes, <that laughs> makes, then Ashley's in the back and like, let's do that shit. That's great. Awesome. <laughs> what I'm saying is that creating through collaborating is the number one thing. It's the best. It's more pressure, though. And that's what we do so well. We do it well. It's just more pressure. It's not because we're collaborating. Right. Because, oh, so now Because we're not too proud to- well, but, but here's a better question. So now that you're the chef, right? The oh, boss. Always the chef. The boss, right? So you want to do French onion soup. What are you going to serve it in? What does it get served with? What bread do we buy for it? What cheese gets bought with it? Where do we store the cheese? How do you package the cheese? How does it get put away? Right? All those questions now go into how do you change a dish? I mean, all those questions go into every dish either way. Whether it's a pasta, whether it's a sure. French onion soup, mm-hmm. it's the same thing. I mean, granted, it is the same thing, but don't you think that if, if you're going to do 
<clears throat> if you're going to be in that space, which we know the space. With no freezer. Okay. All right. <laughs> I've had a I've had a, a really rough day. Let's not bring the freezer conversation <laughs> up, okay? You're you're gonna go into that space and serve a French onion soup. It needs to be dope. You're right. Right. So there's there's now layers to the like it's not just saying that we're gonna do a thing, it's there's layers to that. But how many people in Miami do you think have eaten a French onion soup? I mean, I, I would assume a good amount, Nick. I, I think it's a pretty. It's not something that I eat a lot of, but I, there's a lot of French onion soup around it. Like, I don't know how good it is. It's, I mean, really, I, I think it's hard to be very far from a French onion soup. That doesn't mean they're good, but they're all over the place. But there's not a lot of French food here. Not like what we're talking about, no. Yeah, that's the thing. I think the French onion soup is like kind of ubiquitous. I don't think you have to go to a French restaurant to find French onion soup. Right. You, it's but like a how Tuesday many special. French restaurants are here? French restaurants? I mean, you know, people like LPM. Um, Would you put La Fresa? Is there a... I mean, I love La Fresa. La Fresa? I love them. Does it sound French? La Fresa Francesa. I mean, it's, it's, in, right it's in Hialeah. It's like a little... I mean, they're great. The one that I, you posted a picture of and I was like, oh, that looks... Good. I mean, it, it was great. I mean yeah. that place every time I go it's fucking great. I would say there's not many. No, yeah, I wouldn't say that Miami's a big French food. I just I'm saying French onion soup in particular is like it's kind of a staple soup. Like you can go to a Mediterranean restaurant and find French onion soup. Not the same. Not the same. You're right. right. And but that's what I mean though. It's like you're gonna be a French restaurant, you're gonna put French onion soup on the menu, it's it needs to be boss. It sort of works. In, it sort of works in your favor, right? Like in a, it's a soup that everybody's familiar with, but that nobody's had at a certain level. I think is really the thing. I don't think we do anything for it not to be boss. I'm super game for it. I'm super game for the change. I'm super game for it to be like its own thing, its own very like luxurious, fucking interesting thing. I just think it needs to be. It needs to be boss. You talking to me, chef? Okay. Come on. All right. All right. Come on. All right. I'm just saying. So, oh, uh, I mean, let's say eight weeks from opening. It's probably less than less than eight. I think. No. <laughs> <laughs> so good. No, no, no. We're just you know, it's fine. We're good. Yeah, we're good. What's the one thing you're worried about? Stuff. What about them? Everything about them. Just name some. Don't just say everything. Name some. I mean, front of house stuff, we have no one yet. We're getting there. We have some good candidates. Mm-hmm. Um, the biggest issue for me is like when we test shit, you always say like, you can execute this, but can other people execute it? I know. That is definitely my saying. And like, No. But I mean, yes and no. Well, but that's really... and can we execute every time for 150 guests? Mm-hmm. That is definitely what I say. Can we do it? Can we do this dish 40 times in a night? Because we can plate something that looks beautiful once, and it's delicious once. But can you execute it for 150 people when other people are making your dishes? How many? I, I mean, maybe this hasn't happened to you, but it's happened to me, right? Like I've worked for chefs forever in a day that like they put up one dish and it's like spectacular it's like amazing and then 
We get into service. They don't train people. And shit slips. Not that shit slips. The whole dish sucks. You know, like, the sum of one, it's, it's it, again. The biggest thing for me is, like, seasoning. Like, you can write a recipe all you want. Fundamentals. Right? You can write a recipe all you want, and you can give everything, someone everything they need to make this dish great. But is it going to turn out the same way as you finish it? No. Probably not. Probably not. And I think that's what what's really... And the biggest thing about that is simple food. Right. Simple food is the hardest to execute. Right. For multiple covers. Well, because it's fundamental. Fundamentally, like, you have to be able to season right. You have to be able to set right. Your station needs to be right. Your mise en place needs to be fresh. You're not hiding behind things. Mm-hmm. You're putting... I mean, every dish that we've like tested... Like, if, if your herbs aren't fresh, you're fucked. If your seasoning's not on point, you're fucked. Every dish that we've tested in the last 10 days has been like protein sauce, right? That's it. That's it. There's nowhere to hide. Zero places to hide. And that's part of like the allure of it I th- for me, right? Which is like, I think it's like a beautiful... It's my favorite type of cooking. It's, like it's I, a- don't need, I don't need garnish. I don't need tweezers. I need a great sauce and I need a great protein. And it's cooked perfectly and the sauce is velvety and delicious and... Got shit ton of butter, you know? That's it. That's all you need. Of the dishes that we tried in the last 10 days, what was your favorite one? One of my favorite ones was the en croupe. The tomatoes with the brain marrow. Mm. That was my least favorite one. Because of service. Well, I mean, there's a lot of layers to that dish, right? Like, I mean, it's going to take a lot of effort from not just one person. It's going to take this person, that person, this person. everything is the duck. Because everything is the duck. Correct. Everything takes, like, hours of thought. Like, how can you execute that one thing for the guest? But if you took a bite of that, it's not your least favorite. Right. I mean, taste-wise, it's amazing. It's delicious. But then, as the boss, you have to think, like... And so I made that twice. Before you came, I made that twice. And I might go playing garlic into it at the end, but it was too garlicky, so I made it again. But, like, can I control that when I'm exploring? No. I can't. And it was, like, minuscule, like, minuscule amount of garlic that made the difference. I mean, and we talked about it. Like, the dish, like, the dish itself was delicious, just so everybody knows what we're talking about. Actually had a tomato dish that she then turned into a bone marrow dish without making me aware. Super vegan. Super vegan. <laughs> and the dish in... That was in, our salad. Everyone. Yeah. The dish in... in, in a, there is a salad on the menu, just so everyone's aware. There is. The dish in essence is delicious. Like all the components of it are delicious. But is the execution going to be there on a daily night to night? 40 times. We're selling 40 bone marrows a night. That means that you need to be soaking 160 bone marrows at a time. They all need mm-hmm. to be cut perfectly. There needs to be the same amount of they bone marrow. They got to clean them. They got to clean them. There needs to be the same amount of bone marrow in each one. Like all that stuff. It, it's so much more just goes into like, yeah, you can make the sum of one and it's beautiful. But can you make the sum of 500 in a week? And that's usually where I think food starts to fall by the wayside, right? Because it's sure. it's not 
it's beautiful in in the moment, but not beautiful forever. A painter, an artist, works for the sum of one mm-hmm. to make a beautiful painting. They're not doing it. And for we have to sell it to 150 people. Are like, where the fuck is our food? Where the fuck? Right. And it's like not only not only where is our food. Some people actually give a fuck, and some people don't. Not at all. Right, and that and that's like the other very interesting part of like our entire job. It's like we're here talking about this eight weeks out. You've tried the dish. You're talking about a minuscule amount about about garlic, and maybe on a Friday night, some dude and his chick like they can give a fuck about you thinking about it for like three months, but it doesn't matter. It it doesn't matter what they think. It matters if it's if it is what you want to put out into the world mm-hmm. at that moment at all times. And that's what I meant about that dish, and that was my reservation about that dish the whole time. I think the dish, in essence, is great. Me and Manny had a disagreement about it at the past because I think that his way is the better way. I think my way is the safer way. To do a deconstructing. Right. I think his way is the better way. I think my way is the safer way. But can we execute it? And that's the biggest thing. Manny did the same dish in in variation. Mm -hmm. At the surf club. At the surf club, right? The bone marrow and croute. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's a super safe dish. Safe? Safe. (laughs) Simple answer. No. So it's that kind of dish then. Which which is what I love, but like how can we how can we make it how can we make it everything is a duck, right? How can we make it the same every single time, all the time, be able to execute I don't know, fucking 300 of them a week. I mean, that's the real challenge. It's like the dish in ideology is great. So now how do we do it? It's the same thing as like doing a French onion soup. We just do it. Okay. You can't just do it though. You have to think about it from the root all the way to the top. You have to. You know, but how many times have we said that? (sighs) Fair, but now it's not. We just do it. Yeah, we're not just talking about a team of like three cooking for 60 people a night. We're talking about a team of five with a team of three prep people. Cooking for 60 people. Cooking not for 60 <laughs> people. Not for 60 people. Not open for lunch. Uh, we are. I mean, we are. We are kind of open for lunch. Sure. Okay. <laughs> we're not going to do this right now. But all I'm saying is how do how do we do that on a consistent level? That's the whole question. We'll find out. I mean, we better start thinking real fast. Real fast. Eight weeks. Eight weeks. <laughs> It'll be here tomorrow for sure. I remember uh, just talking about like be here tomorrow. I remember I was talking to Manny about doing a tasting daily on the menu for like, I don't know, two months. Like a different tasting? No, like actually doing the classics tasting. Remember? Manny was like, nah, yeah, yeah. I was like, hey, we're just going to start Monday. He's like, what do you mean? I was like, yeah, no, we're just going to start Monday. That day is like tomorrow. I support that. I know. I know <laughs> you support that. Sorry, Chef. <laughs> I know you support that. I'm just saying I think things are going to change a little bit when the seat you sit in is different. Manny? <laughs> All right. You never had a full head of hair. Don't even bring that shit that you had a full head of hair ever. What do you mean I'll find out? I'm still here, chef. Come on. It's cutting me out of like team meetings, pre Oh yeah, you're cutting out of team meetings already? 
Yeah, I was in the office. I was in the office. He told me to leave the office. It's fucked up. Do you do you feel this is a good question? This is actually like really interesting. I never thought about this. Do you feel now that like I mean he's not like pushing you out. He has to do what he has to do, right? Like he has to set himself up now that you're gone. He has a new CDC starting. How do you feel about that? Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. Why? It's my home. Yeah. It's my home. Yeah, I know. Same. Same. You know. I love. I mean, I love Laurel, and I love. Uh, the Gibson too, but like I mean, this place is my home. I'll always just come like right back here, straight up. <laughs> Me too. I mean, you don't have that choice. <laughs> you, you now don't have that choice. You're like chef money. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want it. <laughs> yeah. You want to do the schedule for next week, Manny? No. But he did come upstairs and ask me how to open the schedule on his Mac. Well, that, I mean, made, that-, that made me super happy. <laughs> He's struggling super hard with his Mac. So hard. <laughs> struggling so hard with his Mac. I know. Yeah, I know. You just got it. Yeah. It's great. He still needs me, so I feel okay about it. How do you, I mean, I, I And I'm going to need him super hard in, I, I in actually, eight weeks' actually, time. Can I ask in eight him, weeks time. Can you give him a mic? Can you, just, can you just walk over there? This is good. In eight weeks' time, I'm going to need him. Yeah, I know. Well, I mean, you're definitely going to need him for drinks. That's for sure. Sit down, chef. Get on the mic. Oh, this is turning into such a good tripod. <laughs> is he live? Put away the fucking computer, man. I For fuck. I don't even put away the fucking computer. He's just so proud. I know he is. I'm still working. I'm still working. It's fine. All right, whatever. <laughs> now, now that you're getting a new a new second, right? Mm-hmm. How do you feel? Um, I don't know. I like, <laughs> I don't think I've had time to uh, acclimate, adjust. Yeah, yeah adjust because obviously she's still here. They're prepping for Laurel and Osmel, which is joining in another month, hasn't come. So you know she's still here. So I don't and see he has her. A huge part. He like I still have a huge part here, and he still has a huge part with me with Laurel. Like mm-hmm. everything I try, I ask Chef Manny everything. Yeah. I can tell you that uh, in our entire company, the people I ask to try the food the most are the both of you. Yeah. I mean, it's because... It's a good decision. 100%. (laughs) But I think it it comes a lot from the fact that we are so comfortable with each other. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I trust you both. You guys trust me. Like, you know, there's a lot of... uh, Oh, man, there's been a lot of hard times in the last two years. I mean, why do you laugh? <laughs> no reason. It's just like it it really comes like super full circle now that you're it's like the the Beatles are breaking up. It is. Right? John Lennon's been shot. Yeah, we're start you're starting another band. Mandy's getting a new lead singer. No. <laughs> he's not he's not getting a new lead singer. Never. No. Never. Never. Yeah, I think it's it's going to be an interesting like time frame. I'm I am super scared. I mean, for we're all super scared. Are you? Yes. Come on, chef. Yeah. What do you? <laughs> <laughs> what are you? What are you scared of? Change. 
Change. That's fair. You? Change. Change, yeah. You know, like I started... We're a unit. Two months before COVID, and then Ash started right at the reopening. So, you know, I think we lost... What was that, seven months in between that time? Eight months? It felt like forever. It felt like a million years. Yeah, you're right. Um, But, you know... We opened and Ash definitely like stepped up to the plate and was somebody that I can like rely on heavily. And you know, whatever needed to be done, she was there, like without even questioning, like, you know, butchering everything, every fucking thing. It's just Ash. So So when we when we interviewed her replacement, which she was still here for. Mm-hmm. The that whole process. I mean, he's a he's a great dude. Yeah, yes. He he's he's a great dude. He's super talented. I I feel like he's gonna do a great job. He comes from a great pedigree. He's incredibly hungry. Um. When when we were doing that whole process, were you comparing her like him to her, or Absolutely were you just not. no? You Absolutely were just comparing not. him to talent. No, I, I wanted to see how we worked with um with each other, how we got along, um. And I think you did that about. very well. Like you just you just hung out with him and worked with him. Yeah. Solely as him. Yeah. Yeah, we went to dinner. Yeah, it was cool. We had to hang out on um, yeah, that one night. Yeah, you guys went to dinner. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Forming a new bond, chef. You know it's it's really weird like getting cut out of the circle in your family. <laughs> I feel like me. I feel like I'm in Meet the Fuckers right now. I'm out. I'm out of the. I'm out of the circle of trust. Never having line line meetings, line meetings without me. You know. Oh man. You guys are going to dinner. This was like six months ago. Yeah. Still remember it. Yeah, you you still you still remember it. Jeez. I don't know. I think I think you know my biggest fear. I mean, it's cha- change. Well, it's I change. mean, cha- change is the easy way to put it. It's a, it's a one word answer. Mm-hmm. Give it a, give it a little more depth, right? the The biggest fear for me is we've obviously built like super trust. Forget about change. Trust is like the biggest thing. I know when the two of you do food, it's like it's the same way like I would think about food, which is like, is it delicious? Is it great? Are we being different? Are we pushing the envelope? Are like, we never strive to be like anyone else. We don't like, we don't look at trends. I mean, the three of us have never talked about like what's trending. We've talked about like what's great. And I think no, that, no avocado toast on the menu. No avocado toast on the menu. <laughs> Who's going to do avocado toast on a menu? Maybe. <laughs> oh man, for brunch? Hey. Hey. Guys. I think like that, like the depth of understanding is the biggest fear for me because, you know, I mean, this place is my child. I have like, I feel very comfortable leaving it with the two of you as, you know, I unfuck other situations and it's like, now it's like, okay, so now, you know, you're going to go do a thing and then we need to rebuild the thing. And then now you need to internally rebuild a thing, even though with more structure and more time spent. I mean, our, our goal here is obviously to retain our star or to win more. Your goal is to win a star. For sure. I mean, it's, it's um, I think the, the fear for me is like added pressure on you that you've already lived two years of hard pressure. Oh, you're young. You'll be fine. And then 
you know, you is like rebuilding from the inside of a culture that, I mean, could be completely brand new. My, but like, I would say the breaking up of the, the team is like one of my biggest concerns. I think overall, like, I am incredibly excited because we are, we are taking the ideology of like the child that's been here for seven years. That's like, I mean, there's a lot of guts in here, like tough. Putting it into a new location, even with a, I mean, Brian definitely averages out the age group a lot, but like, (laughs) yeah, a lot, but a younger, a younger management staff. I mean, I love that. I look forward to that. I mean, is it scary? For sure. I mean, if it wasn't scary, everyone would do this shit, right? We're never going to take a safe bet. No. I'm cool with like pushing envelopes super hard. We just need to find a bunch of people that are about it. I mean, and you know, people always talk about like staff. We, oh, you're so lucky the staff you have here. I'm like, motherfucker, this shit took seven years yeah. to build this staff. Seven years. We went through a lot of staff in seven years. A lot. We went a lot of we went through a lot of staff in the last two and a half years. We did. So And the people we've built with are the people that no one would would expect them to be there. Which is why they're all dogs and why they're all great. Mm-hmm. That's like really in essence like why and they're And that's all how great. we build teams, right? Like we build teams out of the underdog. No matter what, no matter how many stars we hang on any wall. We will always be the underdog. And this goes back to like the situation and the place that we live in food-wise. It's like the, the, the shit that you fuck with me all the time. <laughs> right? Like that is, that is in essence the food and beverage world that we live in. Excess. Seal Team 6 walking out Sparklers. with a steak. Sparklers. Stop that. The excessive like celebration. Just get out of here. Yeah, no, he uh, he knows. I told him. The excessive celebration for no reason. You're still putting shit product on a plate. I mean, that's the excessive celebration, though. It's to hide the, it's the to hide, shit. It's to hide the shit. It's to hide the shit. It's to hide the shit. And, and, like, and that makes us different. We hide behind nothing. It's like we were talking about earlier. You put a sauce on the plate and you put a protein on the plate. There's nothing to fucking hide behind. Right. It has to be perfect. That's, that's what we do. Well, that's going to be part of your pressure, yeah. But, you know, pressure is a privilege. Pressure is a privilege. I know we talk about everything is a duck all the time, but pressure pressure is a fucking privilege, 100%. I mean, if if you weren't... Thank you. Oh, man, round four? Here we go. (laughs) So everyone knows we're on round four of Negronis. Ashley did warm up with him on a polio. I showed him. Two Monopolios? Okay, great. I love that. They're our sponsors. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> I love... You are the perfect guest. This is so good. Shout out to Monopolio. <laughs> it's my every night drink. It's so good. I could see a commercial with Ashley tomorrow about this. With tea sandwiches? With tea... Chip buddy. Chip buddy. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Cheers to Manny. Cheers to Nick. This has been this has been one of the great ones. What do you expect out of the next next like four months? I expect a lot of Negronis. Yeah, yeah. Amen. I expect a star. Well, 
We're already past grading season, so we're gonna have to. No, it's in January. What do you mean? Okay, grade during the summer. Do not let's not start this now. We don't work for stars, dog, and you know that. We don't. We don't. We work to be great, always. The only people that we're competing against is the restaurant that we're sitting in. Correct. That's it. Chef Money over there. Yeah, that's the that that you essentially are your your that whole thing. Now he is your competition. Direct competition. Let's <laughs> go, chef. Let's go. Let's yeah, go. that's all I'm saying is that like I never come the only the only people that you compete against are, you know, because the other people don't matter. Like they're fine, they're great, they do their thing. And like I've felt that I've felt that over the last two weeks, like competition. Mm. Like the first the first day I started prepping here, it was like, oh, the Laurel people. Oh, I'm man, like, that's I'm so like, good. I'm like, oh, you motherfuckers. I love that. That's so good. Danny took something out of the cryback machine that I left in there, and he's like, oh, these Laurel people. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, just Dan- remember who you're talking to. Danny's part of the furniture people. Like, Dan- Danny, to, Danny's chef. been here so long, he's part of the furniture. Remember who you're talking to, chef. So, like, that competition is great, but also, like, I know that I can go and ask Chef Money anything, and it will give me an honest answer, and he would never jeopardize anything. And the same for for me, for Equal. him, like, if he needs help, I'll do whatever. I love- and that's the big difference in our company, right? It's the same at the Gibson. You talked about that on the podcast with Chris. We were there. Me and Chef Brian, you, you talked about that, saying that we had just finished like a 12, 13-hour day and they needed fucking country pate, whatever the fuck it was. Yeah, that rock you almost know? fucked up. Yeah, mm-hmm. I remember that. <laughs> Man, Manny's about to go, <laughs> go to the there. back we right made, now. We made it, and we made it, and Chef Chris was like, thank you, thank you. I'm like, oh, <laughs> don't thank me yet. Like, I will be calling you at 2 o'clock in the morning because I need something LRO. And he'll show up. And he will show up, and... Everyone in our team, they will show up on their days off. They will show up at 2 o'clock in the morning. They will show show up at 9 a.m. You when know, I'm still asleep. I, I, I think it's really interesting. Like, Chris and I went to Charlotte, right? We did a dinner in Charlotte for a good friend, Andres Kiefer. He's like mm-hmm. a gem of a human. The way that we run our shit overall, front, back, whatever. And there's always issues with both. No one is perfect. That's part of life. The way that we run both, like, you don't really see it. You don't really see, like, how much, like, the depth of it until you go somewhere else. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I, I love that dude. Andres, that's my dog. He's like a, he's like family to me. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I had lots of notes for him. Because the way that we run our stuff and the way that we, we talk to each other, the way that we interact with each other, like, there's a huge level of respect and love behind everything, but we hold each other accountable at all times. And you know, like, um, so when we're doing the ducks, right? So uh, for the dinner in Charlotte, we did a collaboration dinner at Custom Shop in Charlotte. And um, our dishes were, we did uh, the foie from the Gibson, which I think is exceptional. We did the duck from Ariette. We did the flan from the Gibson. I thought that Juxtaposition, I mean, we did three duck dishes, essentially, but like the juxtaposition <laughs> between all of them, I think with that dining room made a lot of sense, right? And like how people there eat or whatever. 
And um, Chris, as much shit as he's talked about, like everything is a duck, he's never actually done it. Never done the duck. He's never actually done I the duck. I saw that motherfucker sweating over the duck. So like, <laughs> you know, he was actually shucking oysters that it took him a while to shuck 75 oysters, I'm just saying. No, no 13 minute time. <laughs> no, no 13 minute time. Um, You know, I did the first round of ducks and I was like, listen, you do the second, I'll do the third. Because I have to do pre-shift, whatever. I mean, the ducks will be... I mean, we didn't, I didn't put out the first duck till like fucking 8.15. I felt like Ryan when we did that collaboration dinner. Mm-hmm. I felt like the same. I was like, yo, like, just give me 12, 14 ducks at the same time. I'm like ready to ride. So no pressure. But so I did, I did the first round. You know, obviously, we all know the first round is like, you know, you just got to get it going. Then Chris was like, no, I'll do the next two rounds. I'm like, oh, oh, you will? Okay. Are you sure about that? And he was like, no, yeah, I'll do them. I said, all right, cool. Chris, when we woke up to get on the plane the next day, he was like, man, I'm fucking sore. (laughs) (laughs) Triceps? Yeah, just the whole thing. He's like, man, I'm fucking sore. I was like, how do you guys do this every day? I'm like, well, I mean, because everything is a duck. And he really felt that at that moment. He felt the whole thing, like the whole process. That's amazing. But that's really really about like the whole thing about the company, the people who buy in, the people who like understand – the ideology behind the whole thing, man, like they really want to learn about it. Like Chris wanted to do it. And I was like, if you want to do it, I mean, I'll do the third round. I'm cool. It's not, it's not a problem. He's like, no, no, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm like, all right, I'm just going to go drink coffee. It's fine. And he fucking was like, he was sweating hard. That's the sweatiest job on the planet. (laughs) The ducks, like you can like be on the side of a building, cleaning windows, be on a roof, like the ducks, it's the sweatiest job on the planet. Well, you know what was interesting about that, that plancha specifically is that there was no catch pan. So like, oh shit. So like all the duck fat would just go nowhere. Well, well, no, I mean, I actually, I cooked all the squash in the fat. And all the veg in the fat. Was it ever delicious? I mean, we what may, a salad. we may, we may, what have, a salad. we may, we may have run out of squash for the last round, but I, we still made it happen. We still, we may not have counted right, but it's fine. Um, yeah, it was, it was interesting, and I think like Chris is the kind of guy that's going to show up at two a.m. if you need to prep shit sure. to be ready for the next day. That's yeah. why when he said to me like, "Oh, thank you so much," I'm like. <laughs> Don't thank me yet. I'm going to be calling you. Final thoughts about like uh, Laurel in general. I obviously have super high hopes because I I personally believe in you very much. And I know a lot of other people do too. I know Manny is your probably biggest cheerleader. So is everyone on that line right now. I think we're going to do very well. I think that... Um, if I were to give you any advice as me being 10 years older than you... And at being, least. All at right. Least. Okay. Let's take it easy. <laughs> and being being you 10 years ago would be like, think before you act. It's not us. I know it's not. It, it may, <laughs> listen, I'm almost 40. So I'm just saying like, it may be who I am now. It's not who I was when I was your age. Yeah. And maybe... I would benefit from someone have told like telling me that 10 years ago because there's been plenty of times this is before both of you that I would fire 
two people off the line in one night and be like, man, I'm fucked now. Now I got to work two stations for the next Mm -hmm. seven days. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Think a little bit more before you just fucking. And it's hard because like you are emotional just like I am. And you want to fucking eviscerate people at all times for not fucking caring, not caring about what Manny would care about or what Rafa would care about or what Leslie would care about or Kevin or whatever. You know, you got to think some because now like it, it's a trickle down. I it's think a, for me, I have, a, I have a solid team to help me without them. I mean, you got so far. Yeah. I mean, we need like six more, but yeah, I mean, we're close. Like Chef Brian. Is very much that person. Pankum Podcast Hall of Famer, Brian, sure. We're putting him in the Hall of Fame already. Yeah, Alessandro is quiet, so. Alessandro is just going to be a dog. Mm-hmm. And he, I mean, he's young enough to be a dog, right? Yeah. I mean, at 21, I was fucking flipping burgers fucking off hard. <laughs> to be doing and what he's that, at home making bread. <laughs> I know. To be doing what that kid's doing at 21 years old, like, it's, it's fucking wild. impressive, it's man. It's fucking impressive. It's wild. But that's also why I think that. You know, when we tried that dish the other day, like, yeah, it was tasty, but it just not it's not who we are. Mm-hmm. You have to be okay with telling him that. I'm okay with telling him that. I'm okay with telling him that. I'm okay with telling him that. It's part of the next progression of, like, where you're going to be at. And the same thing for you. You know, like, you have a very wiry executive sous chef that likes, has a lot of tweezers and a lot of ideas. A lot of tweezers, a lot of uh, Asian, a lot of, <laughs> lot of uh, fermenting. Good it's luck, a, it's, good luck it, with that, Chef. It's okay to say that's not who we are. It's not. Well, I mean, it's okay to say that. It is. Because both of you are the boss. So it's like, I don't know. Those are my final thoughts. Like, I, I just, I really want you to, like, consume the fact that it's okay to think before you act. It's okay to, like, like think heavy about it, too. And talk to Manny or me or whoever the fuck you want to talk to. It doesn't matter. My final thoughts are that I'm, I've grown a lot in this company. Like, yes, I was a dog when I started, for sure. Always have been very sports, like, background. That's always who I was. But, like, I've grown more in this company in two years than I've grown in six years of cooking anyway. I mean, you're 28. So, like, when I opened... Arietta was 29. The three years of Cyprus are like your years that you're living now. And as much as I hated my boss, not Michael Schwartz, he's great. Um, I, I'm not talking about Michael. He is great. Um, and how difficult that time was. I mean, we didn't want to start. We didn't fucking win anything. We At had- my time, I can top that. It wasn't difficult. It was fun. It was fucking amazing. Well, you know, like... Like, it was difficult. Yeah, for sure. Well, it I, was tiring, but like, was it difficult? No. To work with the people that I love and to work with you guys every fucking day. Right. It was amazing. Well, I mean, like that that team, for me at that time, drove me, right? Like Tony, that runs Mandolin, that was the first sous chef here at Ariette. Brian, that's opening up a new restaurant in fucking Texas, that he's like a fucking gem. Chris, that now runs the Gibson. I mean, that fucking team, they drove me to like, Man, I would take bullets for them. And I did. Not physical bullets, but just like from the boss. I would take bullets for them. And you know, like I'm super grateful for like everything you've done for me and everything Chef Money has done for me. 
and like you know I could call you at five in the morning. Yeah, I know. And tell you I've been fucking arrested. Whatever, you know. But we're not getting arrested now. Not right now, but okay, it's, not five, right. it's not five in the morning yet. <laughs> right. <laughs> but if you were arrested, what yeah. would it be for? What would you have done? Yeah, me? called. Yeah, called me. Oh, apparently, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, me. I don't know who I'm calling. I'll be like double click emergency contact. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm. Oh I'm, shit, he's I'm right saying, next to me. <laughs> what's the most likely thing that you, that would get her arrested? Let's not talk about that because we're not we're not getting arrested. Okay, we're not. But you know, this is the first place like I've ever, like I've lived all over the world. This is the first place I've ever lived that's like truly my home. Because of Chef Mike, because of Chef Money, because of Ariette, because of all of that. Like, it's truly my home. And, and like, anything that, like, I've ever needed here, he's got my back. Chef Brian's got my back. Chef Manny's got my back. Like. And now it's to build a new one. And we're building it. And it's going to be fucking great. And I, I believe it. Like, you know, people ask me about Laurel all the time. It's like, you know, what is Laurel? I'm like, well, for me, it's like, if Ariette had money seven years ago, <laughs> like, if I, w- I would have actually had money seven years ago, and built a restaurant. It may look like Laurel. I mean, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's opulent. It's like it's sexy but clean. It it can it has all the makings of being something super special, which is from my side very tough. Like Ariet had somewhat of a personality already when I got in here, and it was just like never treated well. And it was like, okay, so how do you bring it out? How do you make it special? The same thing with the Gibson. Like, the Gibson had the bones to be great. No and one ever actually... Even the people that have come here from England to visit me, like, not to, like, shit on anyone, like, they'll go into Navi and, and be like, you know, it's... Really it's white. A, it's okay. It's, like, <laughs> it's, it's it's sterile. But, like, yeah. they'll come into our yet and you get the feeling immediately. The hardest part now is building that feeling in a space that was green. A hundred percent. You know, like and that's in, what we have to build. Like it's in an apartment building. It's in like yeah, but I, the but it's cute still, area, whatever. Like we need to build that feeling in that space. The the bar in Miami has the most feeling in all of Miami is a block away. That neighbor yeah. that neighborhood has a lot of feel already. Does. I mean, it's historic. It's old. It's been mistreated. No one cares. No one gives a fuck. But so, I think we can build that feeling there in the new space, in the like, in the fanciness and whatever the fuck it is. But like, we can bring that feeling to that new space that's a new building and, you know. And I think it all comes, like, the fact that you're not working with bones that are worked already, right? Like, you know, older buildings, and I, I talk about the Gibson all the time because obviously, I'm pretty sure we've talked about it here before. It's like, I wanted that space 15 years ago. Yeah. When I was like, a baby chef like i mm-hmm. fucking loved it i thought it would have had when super... you were my age no younger than your age <laughs> no fuck you younger than your age uh it like it had super feel already just no one brought it all out and luckily 15 years ago i didn't have the chance to bring it out because i wouldn't have been ready to but now you crushed it that we, space is amazing we collectively crushed it chris with his food tom with the cocktails Brittany. Brittany doing like the service there is really, I mean, I you fuck in that part of Miami, you're not going to find better service anywhere or Never. better cocktails Ever. or better food anywhere. So it's really bringing it all out. Now we're talking about building it from scratch. Mm-hmm. It's like an empty canvas. 
So that's why I I talk about team camaraderie, the pirate ship, 100% so much. Because you never want to be too sterile. Never. Because then you're a linear. And nothing has feel. Nothing like, yeah, it's special in technique and special in like so many different ways. That's not what we do though. We build like soul. Right. And soul like takes time to build. But that's why bringing a team that already has like so much foundation of soul Mm -hmm. is big. And I can already see that expo, like that kitchen in the dining room having soul. I mean, me too. I can see it. I mean, it, it starts with so many things, but like. The kitchen itself. It's beautiful. Yeah. I mean. It's really beautiful. It's really, it's got like a pretty special feel to it already. And I think. Even before they turned anything on, like that kitchen and the past and the dining room, like it has all. I think it's my uh, best execution from design side. It's pretty tough. I mean, I won't lie. Like Chugs was kind of a failure design wise. It's been tough, like dealing mm-hmm. with the design that I built there. I mean, Laurel, like I, di- I didn't want to live that same fate. So I-, I think that we, I mean, it's not perfect. There's not all the freezers we There's need. There's no freezers. Okay. There's no freezers. freezers. There's just not enough of them. Um, you know, I think it's got, it already has good feel to it. Yeah, it's a huge backbone. Those are my... Fi- Manny, you have any final thoughts? <laughs> Manny says he's excited. What are you excited for? Us guys. <laughs> Manny's not part of the us guys anymore. That's it, <laughs> yeah, he Manny. is. Manny, Manny will is always not, be part of the us guys. guys. Come on. You gotta, you gotta... We have to break the... Nope. Yeah. Never. Never. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> Nick, what are you excited for? I'm excited to see the new Laurel t-shirts. Um, chef jackets. This oh, they're going to be sh- this is going to be, be chef jackets. Well, it, this is going to be a chef jacket is, situation. So, okay, all right. This is good. <laughs> this is I'm this surprised is good. I'm surprised this, is this is a good conversation. This is a good conversation. I like this. I want to like know this. all about this. Yeah, so I would never wear a jacket. You look good in white though. I mean, I do. There's no doubt Especially about that. Especially when you go like ride out in your car, you know, like you come back a bit sunburned. <laughs> <laughs> What an asshole. Not a bit, a lot. <laughs> I mean, it all depends like where we're riding at the time. Whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, so I decided to go with shirts. Because I told you like six months ago. Shirts. And then you claimed it as your idea. Fair. That's fine. It takes time for me to process. Yeah. That's okay. Shirts that are just button-ups for the kitchen. I decided to go with that. You did? I mean, yeah. That's a great idea. <laughs> I, I think I, I do think it's a great idea. Yeah, okay, high five. Yeah, I mean, I could have said no, we're going to wear t-shirts. I just don't think it matches the space. T-shirts? Right. No, it doesn't match the space. That's what I'm saying. Area, it's a little more ragtag. But the hats were good. Oh, man. No, Man- no. Manny's gonna love this. No, no. <laughs> Man- Man- Manny's gonna love this. No, nope. the diner hats. The diner hats we used to wear at uh, Ch- at at Cyprus. What do you mean? What do you I mean? know. We, you buy you buy the two hundred pack from Cisco or whatever. Them? I mean, you don't. You're the chef. You don't have to wear shit. But everyone <laughs> I'm else. I'm not does. wearing that. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't have to wear fuck all either, but like <laughs> everyone else does need to wear a hat. Yeah. Chuck's up. Chuck's up. <laughs> Chuck's up. Yeah. Yeah, we're still out here. I mean, yeah. Take a picture of that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, it, I, like, I, w- I want to go back. I want to go back to the mini, mini toke. Yeah. Manny? No. Dino hats? No. I mean, I think they look great, man. It's a Dino hat. I worked at I worked the grill at Cypress. I used to go through ten to twenty a it's day. Not, no, you can't wear a Dyna hat. So you want to make them wear the large toque? No, I don't want to make them wear hats. They can wear the jacket. No, they gotta. First of all, this is. What's the thing on the skates where they where like they come and give you the hot dog? <laughs> Sonics. <laughs> and they no. they actually wear diner hats. Yeah. Yeah, they do. No, we're not Sonics. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, you wear the white ones. Disposable ones, it'll look good. We're gonna try out. We're gonna try out your first lead line cook. I'm gonna make him wear it at the Gibson all the day. The giant, yeah, the giant. <laughs> I'll make him wear the toque all day. At, I love at the that. Gibson. That every single chef I've hired is like above six two. <laughs> and Ash is five three. I'm gonna, be, I'm gonna be standing there in the front, crossed arms, and it's just gonna be shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right. Good for us. Cheers, chef. Cheers to Manny. Cheers to Manny. And with your water bottle. Fuck you, man. You started a beer and then you just left it. Yeah. It was, I mean, the only, yeah. No, it's that one. The one that's full. Yeah, they're mine. Yeah, props. To Laurel. To Pan Kong Podcast. All right, Nick, I think it's time. All right, I guess this what's is the, where we, What's the music? That's what we're going to use. <laughs> I'm going to use that countdown? for... Countdown? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, the final countdown. This is where we do our wind down, starting with parting recommendations. Everybody's recommending a thing that people listening should eat or read or watch or go to or whatever. Uh, Ashley, you can do as many of these as you want, and you can go first or pass it off to give yourself some time. What are we doing? Recommendation. Like, you can recommend anything at all, as long as it's not yours or Laurel or just like... Did you read a book? Did you watch a movie? Did you parting recommendation? I did not. I definitely didn't there read There he is. A, I there he is. The junior Jeff sure. Laurel Alessandro. We just talked hey. all about you. You're doing great, kid. Keep it up. Get eat your Wheaties. Um, take have, a nap. I've You're gonna need it. Zero books and <laughs> I've read zero books. It could be anything at all. It could be a dish you ate, a place you went, whatever. Anything at all. Mm. But I can't recommend REX. I work it. No, right? No, you can't. So I have nowhere to recommend. We're going to do... Uh... <laughs> what was the last thing you ate outside of the company that was worth telling people they should eat? Uh, Lung Yai Thai. Oh, when did you go to Lung Yai? That's good. Kai Yeah. I know where it is. It's a great place. They're very rude. They're very rude? Is that what it is? Yeah. They're very rude. You can only order once. Okay. Awesome at cooking. Yeah. All right. Fuck everyone else. 
That's what I like. Yeah, I thought their food, I think their food's okay. You haven't watched anything? Have I watched anything? Yeah. Um, I watched the Peaky Blinders recently, actually. Oh, man, how good is that? It's very good. So mint. Hometown. I love it. Shout out to the Peaky Blinders. Shout out Peaky Blinders. Good for them. Party Thomas Shelby. I Thomas know, Shelby. that's my spirit animal. I fucking love that guy. Are, like, what season are you on? What a boy. Water boy? What a boy. What a boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know Adam Sandler, water boy? I was going to say. No, no. That's what I was thinking. No, was like water boy. I watched Peaky no. Blinders and the I finished water boy. it. I finished it. <laughs> I was it. like, man, that's crazy. And I love also, that that's so good. Just, just if you guys want to know, like, the lights in the realm, they're in the Peaky Blinders series. Yeah, I know they actually are. Yeah, I mean, season five, but. On the, on the right hand side wall, if you get into the bathroom, there he is. Look out for it. Part of the furniture. Peaky chain. blinders, lights. I, was, I, was, I joined the live, so I, and my phone died, so I just came live. <laughs> 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 Chef Danny. Such a douchebag, that guy. See Chef Danny. There he is. You'll shave, you'll shave one day. I love that. Yeah. Um, party recommendations. Yep. So I ate at a restaurant in Atlanta called Marcel. It was very good. Um, you know, like classic French ish, uh, starters were delicious. Um, apps were a little lackluster entree. I'm not, I mean, everyone knows I'm not a steak guy. The fucking steak was mint. Uh, Dauphinois potato was fucking delicious. Desserts were good for them. Lights out. Fucking loved it. It was really, really good. Restaurant itself, service was solid, incredibly solid. Um, design was great. I, like I would recommend it for sure. If that was if that restaurant was in Miami, I would go there all the time. I just hang out at the bar, have a drink, whatever, chill. Um, you know, company was great. Chef John and Brittany, it was quite a time. Yeah, amen to that. <laughs> Shows to recommend. Um, I'll say shows and a movie. I uh, I would say um, House of Dragons. I'm caught up. Very still good. Still not watched the bear. I still have not. I still have not watched the bear. And will never. And I, I don't know about will never, but I, I'm gonna you're wait. A stubborn motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, I am stubborn. I just wanna. I wanna let it fade. Right. Like I'm. It's. Sca- I feel like it's faded. I mean, it, it's already faded. Just watch it. There's plenty of gifts. Chef, put down the sword. <laughs> <laughs> Chef put down the sword. Love that. I don't know. Do we really need to like exacerbate more like what we do for a living? We already do it for a living. Do we need to do it more? Uh, Just because like mainstream wants us to watch a show that's like whatever. Yeah, because it's cool. Because it's cool. It's cool for us. I guess. You know? They see the hardship that we have. Through a show? like losing our mind. Yeah, I mean, through a show? I mean, maybe, I don't know. You should just like read more books. We don't read books. We've already talked about it. I'm just saying, like if you if you read Kitchen Confidential and you read like the Jacques Pepin book, like you you get they're plenty. not gonna either. You don't. They're not gonna do either one. No. So we gotta watch a show on FX. Mm-hmm. All right, fair. Another part of my parting recommendations. I just rewatched The Bronx Tale. Get back in there. In back here. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're you, in yeah, you moved a little way. You're okay, I'm now sorry. You're in there. Yeah, yeah. I just rewatched The Bronx Tale. If no one's seen The Bronx Tale, I feel like The Bronx Tale that came out in 1993 
I was terrible. Like, who just brings a bunch of shots of tequila downstairs and just be like, I'm out? Brittany and Georgia. Brittany and Georgia. Yeah, you're right. The ones who run our entire company in the front of the house. It's good, good for them. Yeah. I'll take them over a lot. That's <laughs> for, for sure. Um, Bronx Tale is just a lot of good stories in the Bronx Tale, a lot of good lessons in the Bronx Tale. I would watch the Bronx Tale if you haven't watched it in a long time. If you've never watched it, I would say to just... Never watched it. We got another round? I did not I did not dial in another... Okay. We will say this is the last round. I didn't mean for another See, round. The only Spanish word I know. Tranquilo. Yeah, tranquilo. <laughs> tranquilo. Um, okay, that's great. Thank you so much. I know. You're a peach. Um, that is a parting recommendation of mine. Very good. Nick, your parting recommendations? Um, I can't remember whether I've already recommended this. If I did, it was... Um, I'll take it. I'll take it. Before I actually started it. Dare me with a good time. I am halfway through a book called Behind Enemy Lines, The True Story of a French-Jewish Spy in Nazi Germany. Wait, is that is that the name of the movie with... Um, it's also the name of that movie. What, with the guy with the big nose, the blonde guy? Yeah. What's his name? Oh, God. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I mean, he's got a big nose. He's blonde. What's his name? The guy from uh, Wedding Crashers. Oh, um... Uh, uh, not Vince Vaughn, not the other Vince one. Vaughn. Oh God! Why am I blank? He has a brother with the, the whole. Thing. Owen Wilson. Owen Wilson. Owen Wilson was the guy from Behind Enemy Lines. I think that's right. Yeah. I mean, I, I I think it's he does have a big nose have and he's blonde. He was also in Wedding Crashers. Yeah. So this is not with Great Owen movie. Wilson. This is not the Owen Wilson story. This it's is not. Interesting recommendations. Great movie. Wedding yeah. Crashers. I know that's a good one. <laughs> that is good. Uh, but no, this is a story about a uh, um, a nurse from Alsace during uh, World War II who, uh, you know, because at the time this was like the generation where they were like straddling the line of like their parents had been German but they're French so they speak both languages. So she's basically, she is a Jew who is sent to pose as a German nurse on the German side and like feed the French information. So like pretty... Wild, intense. Danny's so, been straddling the line for like eight years. There you straddling go. the line hard. Yeah. So, <laughs> so basically, what you're saying, it's not the Owen Wilson movie. It's not the Owen Wilson movie. The real question is, would it have been better with Owen Wilson? Maybe, maybe. That's I like mean, Owen Wilson a, is a good time. There's another very good podcast called uh, 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 "How Did This Get Made" that I've recommended here. Before. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. And one of the things that they do is like at the end of every discussion of whatever movie, the question is always, would it have been better with Nick Cage in it? I mean, every movie is better with Nick Cage. So, like, it's also like every movie is better with Steven Seagal. So here's so here's a question: If Nick, if, <laughs> right? Like every movie is better with Steven Seagal. Every movie is better with Nick Cage. I if but they've Nick, never if, been in a movie together. If Nick Cage is in a Bronx Tale, which character does he replace? <sighs> Nick Cage. Yeah, man, he would definitely Sonny. He would definitely replace Nick Sonny. Cage is Sonny. Nick Cage would definitely be Sonny, for sure. Who would replace Cologno? I don't know. I don't know. What you're Just about. not Steven sure. Seagal. Steven Seagal would replace Carmine. I will say, I will also recommend that people watch anything new with Steven Seagal. Like any Chinese or Russian production of like fat Steven Seagal in an action movie <laughs> is incredible. It's fantastic. Like it's Steven so Seagal, like just lazily, barely pointing guns at things and talking in his. Oh, but like, he's like a he's like a triple black belt. That guy in Aikido. <laughs> 
I, lo- I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what that means, but okay. Like he's, lying down. He's like legit. Yeah, is that what it means? I have no he's idea. He's like le- yeah. he's he's like a legit Aikido, you know, master, whatever. But it's like the one of the more useless martial arts. But th- it's that's like not, sumo wrestling. It's like the more useless martial arts. It's like art. sumo wrestling. Yeah, but that's not sumo the point. wrestling is not useless. Have you seen those guys? They work hard. Yeah. Those dudes work hard. I'm sure you know. I mean, I don't know. I'm just saying. Like, I'm, I mean, it's it, it does. It's I'm sure it's not easy. But it's this a, it's, motherfucker right here. <laughs> this motherfucker right here. All right. I mean, I wouldn't want to go up against. Yeah, I know. Fuck you. It's fine. Are we doing a lightning round? Not before we do shameless plugs. So this oh, is shameless, shameless plugs. Plug shameless plugs. I feel like the two of you have the same shameless plugs. So hundred hundred percent. I don't know what a shameless plug is, but sure. This is where you just tell people where to find your stuff. I would say rather than tell people like the Laurel website, let's just very quickly. I have no idea what the Laurel website is. Right, but I would just say like actually just. At Laurel Miami is yeah. uh, Instagram. It'll be a thing. It's got a couple of photos. But I would just say, like, if you could, you know, elevator pitch of like why someone should go to Laurel. I think is maybe the best way to handle that particular in this weird circumstance where you're both. Well, I, I think why people. Okay. All right. Why should people go to Laurel? Because fucking awesome. Okay. All right. Great. I mean, that's I mean, a very like simplistic version of like what why. But no, like, you got to get it? more in depth, dog. I just told you, you need to get more in depth. <laughs> get in you depth, can't dog. just as like say like okay X Y and Z. It needs to be more in depth than that. Yeah, like what? Like you what are is, now like, the what boss. Is it, it needs to be more in depth. Yeah, what is it? Why should you go? Because there's nothing else like that here. That's fair. There's nothing else like that here. That's good. You would have never tried like the dishes that we put up anywhere else in Miami. Manny, you think there's anything like that here? Yeah. No. I like that. I like that. And if Manny's you, like the, the super like swing. You know, like it's it's, like, it's super you, simple, you, but it's super complicated. And it's super like European, old school. Like mm-hmm. you guys will, they will never have tried that here. Ever. I think like more in depth. Laurel is a team that's that driving. in depth. For you, it was in depth. Yes. <laughs> I think Laurel is a team that's coming from a one star that wants to strive for a one star. Yep. And I Want think. To. Whatever. Oof. <laughs> Deep cuts here. Deep cuts on Panko Podcast. Deep that's, cuts. That's why you invest in the Stormtrooper no costume. There's no yeah. cuts. There's no cuts. Um, you know, a team that's striving for more. A team that already understand what it what it takes to win one. What are they? capable of putting out i think as a company like we are much more prepared today than we were seven years ago to embark on like this whole thing um i think the restaurant is beautiful i think that the food is like incredibly solid i think it'll grow a lot in the next four months you know super simple right now i mean but it's always going to be simple until you get in your space Mm -hmm. right so I think that's why you go to Laurel. Good stuff. Shameless plug. Also, uh-huh. yep. October twelfth, maybe. Yeah. I think October twelfth. Possibly. Is what? Relax. Um, it's not give, Laurel. Give me. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not Laurel. Thank God. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we are good here. Um, the Gibson is doing a collaboration dinner with Aaron Brooks from the Four Seasons. Uh, we have 40 tickets to sell. It should be incredibly quick to sell them. Beef Tongue Wellington. Beef Tongue Wellington. At least our, our dishes are a Beef Tongue Wellington, and we're doing a 
oxtail suet pudding. Yeah, oxtail suet pudding, and we're doing a like when I <laughs> when I when I when I looked at the menu today, and I was like putting up the price, and well, Brittany put up the price. I was like, man, we're not making any money on this dinner, like zero. zero. I mean, we're like doing it's hard fucking core. It's five courses, four like there's basically two entrees, two hardcore apps. There's no vegetables at all. Um, there, <laughs> there's a serious take home situation. Um, it's the first time that the Gibson does something like this, and uh, I would love for that place to be a space that we do like really fun, interesting shit like that. Mm-hmm. So. You know, 40 tickets, including the bar. We're going to have a fucking band afterwards. We may do some other shit after. I mean, those are... That is my hardest shameless plug. Good stuff. Chugs is also great. Great. You should go there. The pancake's solid. Good stuff. Before we uh, cut to the lightning round, I want to give each of you a gift. A gift? Yeah, check it out. This is Mike. Each of you a gift. How did I... Oh, this is the shit that they sent to your house. Hey, so Nick has been... Instagramming the shit that the people send to his house. So uh, uh, there, there's actually a new wrinkle in that story. So, okonomi sauce. Yeah, that is for making okonomiyaki. What's okonomiyaki? It is a Japanese street food pancake. It's a savory pancake. Uh, usually has a lot of grilled meats and fried eggs and shit on it. Mm. So the story okay. I, I learned later. Fuck me up. I love so, that. Uh, if someone else can make it for us, I'm done. So <laughs> right now, so, right so, now. So actually, you know who I gave a bunch of those to? Who thinks that he might ask for more and run like a special? Is between two buns. I love that. JP, so, let's let's run money. Let's go. I have like eighty. <laughs> I'm ready. Pounds. I have like eighty pounds of that sauce. He yeah. has eighty pounds. So here's he what happened. Five you have boxes. So of those packets. So here's what happened is I, I get this shipment at my house. There's four there's four box four uh flat rate USPS boxes of that shit. And I call the company and I tell them, Hey, you know, this has arrived here. The address on the box is my address, but the name is someone else's name. So I assume this must be like a Japanese restaurant or something that ordered this. Call the customer, tell them that they can come by my house and pick it up, whatever. They call me back the next week and they tell me that what happened was that someone's credit card had been stolen. And I guess what they do is like, if they're going to order whatever they're trying to get their hands on, right? And then you figure like, okay, if a credit card's been stolen and they're tracing... you're you're making Japanese omelets for the next like... I'm going to throw a Japanese omelet party... Uh, but yeah, basically, somebody somebody stole a credit card Super and sent, for that. sent those to my house. Yeah, there's going to be a Japanese... In the next awesome. fight night, we'll have a lot of okonomiyaki. Well, I mean... Uh, okay. Yeah. Great. That's I'm ready. What, that's what there will be. And also, that. maybe we can pay between two buns a visit and have a, an okonomi sauce sandwich. I love that. Sandwich. So... I'm ready. Have you ever had that? What? Okonomi sauce? Okonomi sauce. No, it's right here in my hand. <laughs> no, I don't, maybe, you, maybe you'd had it some other Just time. Just open it. Open it. Just what am I going to do? Just drink it? Yeah, just no, drink yeah, it. sure. Get why not? Fuck out of what here. What's mean? wrong with you? No. What do you mean? You, you have a little. Have a yeah, little. Drink it. Drink it. Oh, this is good. Oh, the cameras are rolling. Yeah, we're good. Cameras are rolling. Like we're gonna open it. No, what do you? Okay. I'll drink it. Yeah, okay. The tear here button is here. Ooh. The button. Yeah, I mean it's a. <laughs> the button. <laughs> oh, this is incredible! I could not have. This could not have gone better. How do you feel about that? Just like ketchup. <laughs> I love that. End podcast. Test tastes, so like, ketchup. So End podcast. tastes right. like ketchup. End podcast. Tastes like ketchup. It tastes like ketchup. And now uh, for the lightning, lightning round. round. Yep. 
Thanks, everyone. Ashley, you're great.